0: Welcome to episode 20 of Fresh, Fresh Talk. Talk. Hello, mm. it's me, Chris. Kai, Dan. And we are happy to say in the studio today, we have a special guest. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Evan Sula from the band 8 Stop 7. Yeah, <laughs> Welcome, Evan. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Welcome, uh, welcome. Sure about Noisemakers. Glad to be
0: here. Yes, Evan, yeah, Evan we've too. had, we uh, had we're starting to get some special guests. We have yeah. Bobby come in for an episode, Aaron's been here, Bobby's Owen's a different been kind of special here, guest. Yeah. and 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 now we have Evan. And Evan has just returned from South by Southwest, so we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about 8 Stop 7, his band, and it a very good chance we may have our first ever performance could happen our first ever fresh talk exclusive live performance i'm, I'm not really sure the knows up, that but who, who's that yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs> who
0: is
1: that who's, who's performing
0: <laughs> yes. Yes. What now? but before we get to that john's
1: gonna play the spoons
0: yeah john is in the house as well as always we're here at sunny archive studios in Beautiful. ventura california weather's so
1: nice here it's even sunny in the studio and it's snowing again on the east coast huh? unbelievable.
0: So what's there's, happening? A, there's a reason that people moved west. I know. It's a, it's almost April, and they're still getting snow out there. It wasn't just the gold. Yeah, Shifts people remarkable. died to come out here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of them.
1: Darwinism right Maybe. there.
0: And, yeah. <laughs> and in terms of what's going on, there's only one thing to talk about, and that's they still haven't found that fucking plane. Nope. I know. Right. Last days. week, on Fresh Talk, we said, oh, well, we'll know what happened come yeah, next we'll, week. We'll talk about nope. the exciting
1: conclusion in one week. Uh-uh. Nope.
0: It's gotten crazier. But as it promised,
1: has. shit did get crazier. Yeah,
0: now they've got crazy flight patterns um they they, it's been deliberately
1: disconnected all the the flight information they do not
0: believe it was an a mechanical breakdown or crash they believe somebody turned off those transponders and they believe somebody changed the course of the flight for whatever reason right yeah and they've
1: ruled that the last words spoken were the co-pilot whatever that means Mm -hmm. and they've And what were
0: they what were the words all right. Good night. Yeah, all right. Good, all right. Night. good night. Yeah, good night. But they said that's common. That They were switching to the mm. next... To the next tower. To the next tower. Yeah. Okay. Um. But they said shortly after that, all right, good night, the plane started to go off course. But correct me if I'm wrong, they think that the plane was in the air for up to seven hours. Right. Yeah,
1: they're looking at some insane corridor. It's like, I can't remember how many miles. It's wild. It's, it's like amount. from
3: Australia to freaking Russia. I heard on the radio, on the way over here, actually, one of the guys that was talking about the, the search... Stuff they have out there now that's designed to search in the ocean is like it's like trying to find a person somewhere between New York and l a like that's what
0: they're looking for that's insane yeah that's, that's not, insane and and I think there's a lot of in a haystack yeah, a lot of speculation but now in a plane. on a haystack in a plane <laughs> but but there, there there' are a lot of speculation towards the pilots, right. Right, right yeah, now, that's yeah, what they're. One of them
2: had like a crazy flight simulator in his house. Yeah, Boeing seven 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 flight sim. I mean, yeah. so do I, but you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> who doesn't? Yeah, really? yeah, yeah good a, point. I don't think I was. I had for Top
0: Gun on, on Nintendo, seven. and I was bad at that. Trust me. me. I think we can pull one up on iPhone right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, we actually can. So, so I, I mean, are they leaning towards a potential suicide situation?
3: Were one of the pilots committed suicide? Maybe. I that's not that's happened a couple of times before. He didn't commit
0: suicide quick. If he was up there for. six Seven hours. Yeah, we still don't know what happened. And Maybe other, he did. The yeah. other freaky thing too is the, the what blows my mind is I read an article about it last night, but the cell phone communication, the contact, the text message, an email, an emergency phone, an air phone, nothing, nothing at all nothing at all, and they're saying, "Well, maybe they were just at a level where it didn't work." Oh, I'm sorry, my fucking phone works at least a little bit. In that, I mean, just there's so many things it just doesn't make sense.
2: It's well, there, there is that warning: you're not supposed to use your cell phones, right? That's yeah, true. Everybody
0: was just like, "Oh
1: God, what do I do? I'm not supposed to use my <laughs> right. cell phone, but the planes getting..." And, and there's also, that, they, that they were, were also The also devil in the middle of and fucking... the angel appear yeah. on their yeah. They said it would
0: be hard for anybody on the plane to know that they even diverted course unless they were yeah. following the the map on the 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 back of the seats which could have been turned off by a pilot they're saying the pilot could have messed with the with with the people on the plane and just been like hey we're having so everything's fine we just had an electrical issue the tvs don't work tonight sorry but at a certain point like you know you start looking at that watch and you're like yo we should have landed by now i I don't know there's always some nerd on a plane that's listening to the air traffic control channel they have it on they don't always that's, I'm that nerd, by the way. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say,
1: I was like literally, like, oh. <laughs> just made me that. so self conscious.
4: Well, they're saying that the uh, the course change had to be programmed into the system. So, like, they don't just take the, oh, I see uh, the wheel saying. and, like, veer to the
0: whatever. It I was pre-programmed in. Yeah, the yoke. But um, <laughs> as much as I know it's absolute insanity, you can't tell me that that Petentrate, doesn't make you think that that guy wasn't looking to crash it. Because if you're looking to commit suicide and you're looking to crash it, you're going to probably get the job done probably right away. It's probably going to be dramatic. There's going to be some type of sign, something, right? It Really, and I know it sounds like loss. We talked about this extensively last week. Mm-hmm. But, but Everyone else. It sounds like somebody's Stole that fucking plane. You know how much yeah. those things
3: are worth, man? Go it, sell that somewhere in the black
0: market? It, yeah, got a million. It, it, but just to... to where would you land it? Where would you I hide know, it?
1: How do you avoid all radio... Everything. Radar, every, you avoid no, everything. Just think No the one cell was phone looking for it
3: right away. Yeah, but if it's off a radar, you think that shit goes less Absolutely. distance than a
0: cell phone? No. <laughs> yeah, how, I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, what about like when they land in the middle of Kazakhstan in their secret lair, Doctor Evil place, and he's stolen the plane? One asshole is whipping out the phone <laughs> and sending a text message. Yeah, I right. hope this right. you know? is some
3: sinister supervillain. Well, yeah, what if it was Putin? Like, we're gonna distract everybody. <laughs>
1: so, hey, stop looking at at, <laughs> at Crimea. <fucking> Crimea. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) it's him doing that that crazy Russian Uh,
2: well it is bizarre like you know like the NSA can I mean the NSA could probably tell us who on that plane was Watching porn on their iPhone. But yeah, they have no idea. Probably quite a few people. Too. <laughs> yeah. Especially once oh, the plane we started about
0: going, 77% of the plane was watching porn. out. <laughs> well,
2: That's we have a, no idea where they are.
0: <laughs> That's how they know something dangerous was happening.
1: All of a sudden, everybody's phone just all of a sudden went to <laughs> Pornhub. You porn 7:07 7 7 p.m. Nine out of ten oh. phones switched to Pornhub. And oh nobody
0: wants to die with a half boner. You know what I mean? Like that'd be the worst.
2: Yeah, this is like the worst argument for for uh, the NSA saying that they're checking everything so that they know what's important. They don't yeah. they don't know anything about this yeah. at all. Adam Nobody knows anything. I mean, I'm sure people know. The things, most
0: recent but. thing I saw today was that. Some fishermen reported seeing a massive jumbo jet airline flying incredibly, incredibly low that night in that area. And they actually reported it to police next morning. But, of course, the guy comes on TV and he says, "Eh, people see whatever they want. Who's to say those guys didn't come in off the boat, see the story, and say, hey, let's go to the cops and tell them. But they said that a massive airplane was like flying. Incredibly low, like not do guys down on the boat. You know? I was just thinking that, oh, and what, that's what they so said good. to avoid radar. There's yeah. a, they, they were they would have been under the blood. under the radar.
2: It's like just where, where, literally where under the radar. fishermen located? What, what was the? They were
0: located on the flight path, the original flight path. And they which, they, which was they were in between Malaysia and China. Vietnam. Okay, you know? right. but it's just it's just blowing my mind. Me too. You know, I broke out my unsolved mysteries. I saw, saw the CVD set. <laughs> text you guys, watch the Bermuda Triangle episode. That's leads. some fucked up shit. Flight <laughs> 19. You knew a lot about that. I was impressed. Like that flight 19 stuff is crazy, it's crazy. man. It's crazy. It is crazy. I man. love my unsolved mysteries. That was a
1: long time
0: before uh, we have the technology we have now. You know, it like, is. That real. was when
1: it was conceivable for a flight
0: to disappear in the bottom of the these ocean. These things like, don't. What? These things don't happen anymore. Hmm. This is the type of stuff you're like, man. Nothing crazy happens anymore. Well, you know what? Guess Case what? what? stuff. <laughs> does still It's happen.
1: literally the kind of thing that a James Bond villain does in the first scene of a James Bond movie. You're it's right. like, it's or Orbaned. Like, this is, yeah, this
4: is super yeah. villain. He it into a hillside somewhere in I the Himalayas. i got your brain, Batman. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know the other thing too with the, like the cell phone stuff you know somebody even if like I'm getting way crazy but there's hijackers and they go through the plane they're trying to steal phones and shit somebody's gonna slip that in their shoe in someone's their gonna have sock. two phones the guy I mean, in the back of the plane's gonna bust something out quick an iPad there's what if they no have way. some sort of frequency
1: that blocks all the phones while they go through and oh, that's easy pick everything up <laughs> that's easy I know that's what I'm saying <laughs> Wow, really? Yeah, it's
3: military technology.
1: Or is it just- You can buy that at the
3: spy store. (laughs) I was going to say, it's not really military. You can just buy that online. You can buy that at the spy shop. But they also
0: said with the depressure situation- on a plane you know they said it can be depending on altitude you're at if you're up to like forty five thousand feet which i read they were you could you could go everybody could go within 15 seconds and the only way that you could survive is if you had one of the masks the transponder
1: and all of and everything else yeah black box everything
0: gone that's a good point because let's say that's a natural accident that happens people are going to die but the plane's going to keep going
1: the electronics aren't going to shit out yeah the transponder's not going
0: to go that's true yeah yeah, that
4: stuff got turned off. Yeah, that got turned off. Well, the course on. correction, or the course change and stuff. I mean, yeah, exactly.
2: It's, it's crazy.
4: It's wild. Have you heard the story, though, that it's like now have to have about two the keys pilot to adjust and the co-pilot? They, on a previous flight two weeks ago, there's already this investigation on them because they were doing a flight to Australia, and on their way to boarding the plane, they saw two hot... Australian babes in line and asked them if they wanted to ride in the cockpit oh yeah I did
0: hear about that you hear yeah, about the, that yo, it was a picture of babe in the cockpit smiling yeah, with totally. the guy it's odd like how the
4: news will spin to a different story like <laughs> that it's
1: so you're There's saying art. that this is actually just all a uh, plot to have, I'm, I'm to, sorry. To have the, the world's best air party? <laughs> <right.
4: I'm> totally. <laughs> Transponders off. Let's it get was, freaky. A <laughs> of Australian babes. Yeah.
1: Uh, what or, happens in the air stays in the air. <laughs> in this you know,
0: case, literally. I think in a perfect world, of course, you <laughs> yeah. want everybody to be alive, but you want them to be captured by a supervillain just to know that yep. supervillains still exist. And they all—they all live. They all escape. But somebody says. I kidnapped a plane. I kidnapped 250 people, and I parked it in the middle of freaking nowhere. And I had the master, the master plan. Yeah, you know, I would yeah, even I mean, like the villain to get away in this one. I'd
1: like everybody to be unharmed, and just it's the villain. Nobody knows yeah. who it is. It's just it's like it's like, like Moriarty. Moriarty. Yeah,
0: That's I'm into that. I like <laughs> my super villains that like don't mess with people, but mess with stuff. Me too. You know, um, like I always Techno think if you can break out of a prison and you have not committed a severe crime, like you know they should let you go like dude congratulations you just broke you mean the out guy that's just
1: in prison for unpaid parking tickets
0: <laughs> that guy that's a good that's point Chris. chances are if you're in prison you know yeah, totally. yeah yeah okay he got me on that one that's like where like i become mayor and make that proclamation and one says yeah but uh everybody in prison did fucked up shit <laughs> well, this well, counting, right. yeah. man. for all you stoners who got stuck in prison good luck you know <laughs> Well,
2: um, yeah, that is bizarre, though. That I, I, is Super, super bizarre.
0: It's freaky and bizarre. And again, last
2: I week wanted to be something like big, though, because if it's something just like whatever, then like you know, it what a end- letdown. Yeah, totally. well, it was no, like it, it
1: was like when Dorner got burned down after all that. Like yeah. really, that's how you went out, right, you I, sucker? I'm just thinking,
2: like you know, it's kind of freaky for you know any flight you're ever on from now from now until in, end of all time. I have like flown, this kind yeah. of stuff can just happen. I've flown yeah.
1: Malaysia Air from
3: Kuala Lumpur. <laughs>
2: no kidding. <laughs> yeah
0: maybe <laughs> you're the master
3: villain <laughs> thing,
0: was it Jim did you see on
3: Facebook Jim McCauley was like I'm taking yeah, this flight Stu like, also <laughs> oh maybe it was Stu maybe it was Stu yeah Stu was taking the exact flight he was like uh, well if I don't see anybody soon let me Yeah, it's wild <laughs> yeah, like, like a few wild. days yeah.
0: later it's really grit me I mean I, I really I just find this just fascinating on a, such a morbid level but you know they're not necessarily dead right no Last, Am I getting week, crazy? last week when are I said
1: they that you were like you were like, how could they be alive? I'm like, they could absolutely anything's possible, man. Yeah. No, anything is possible.
4: Well, they said that you would for that jet, you would need a one about a one mile long landing strip. Okay. And that it they could boil down the amount of landing strips there are known, obviously, and they've checked
0: everything and Yeah, but all you need is landed. a mile
1: of flat
0: land. True. Yeah, but, I mean, but at the same time, John, you're talking about that. That section that they have, you're telling me they found every landing strip in Australia, in Russia, no, in just, Pakistan. Just it it goes into ones. some of those hardcore terrorist yeah. countries, too.
4: Well, yeah, but right. there must be like a certain amount of fuel that they had so you can create a radius of how yeah. far no, the they, plane yeah. Could yeah. they had. they had seven gone, and a half right? hours
0: of fuel, is what they were saying, which is a lot, right? But it's just, yes. the did the they just, just huge. fly until they dropped? And why would he do that? And then, where the fuck is it? (laughs) Right. Nobody saw it drop. I mean, it just was in the middle of nowhere.
1: No evidence of it. This is, I think it flew into a.
0: You think someone's
1: already working on the movie? someone's already working on the movie absolutely they've written everything but the ending right now it's like tom hanks we need a pilot (laughs) we need a pilot
0: you know like back in the day where they did crazy stuff with tv before the internet where they could play games like this you can't tell me that like in the 1980s somebody wouldn't have bum rushed out like a tv movie with like tom where you're burt reynolds like you pick the ending like you pick like a tv mini series like in the next night you pick what happened to them it's if, fucking crazy. What if it's just the ultimate like viral publicity
4: campaign? There was never that flight never existed. No mm. one was on it. Malaysian Airlines.
0: Mm.
2: I like where you Yeah, going with this. I didn't even know about that <laughs> airlines until but not like I was ever going to take a flight on there. Yeah, but yeah, it, was, be a terrible it was campaign. nice. It was nice. I know who they are now, but you're not I, me. It, it was cozy and efficient and the
1: stewardesses wear designer jeans that say Oh no, that was Air Asia. Never mind.
0: David, but, uh, yeah Aaron was saying he's like, you know, I always wanted to be on Lost. I thought it'd be great to be on that plane and I'm like, yeah in theory, because there's all these hot babes like Kate running around hooking up with you in the woods, okay. look around next time you're on a plane and see if these are the hundred people you want to be stuck on an island with, yeah, dude. Yeah. When it's all Hurley's, you know what I mean?
1: I, mean, I barely would. want to be on a flight with half those people. <laughs> yeah, totally.
2: You want to be stuck on some... The plan with some meaty people, mm. it, so you got something to eat when yeah. you crash. Somewhere. Yeah, people you can outrun.
1: If you want, if you want a, a sexy flight, you just get on some like flight from Australia to some other
2: sexy country. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, Australia to Belize. Exactly.
1: <laughs> there's there's the flight where you want to get lost on. Not not a in port of Beijing. Yeah,
5: yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> can't imagine
5: that's
1: that's flight.
2: That may be the rudest thing anybody said about the possibly and, and, dead people. And, and, <laughs> and, and well, you know, and you know there was one like, guy. Not, not there, a hot one on the plane. They're <laughs> they're always thinking with my dick. Yeah. Well,
0: at least there was no Just hot people on that up. plane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, what's the loss,
3: really? <laughs> it's good for the gene pool. You know
0: there's you know, there's one guy that hopped on that plane and looked around and was like, thank God this isn't the plane that disappears, and I'm stuck with all these people. Oh, and then somewhere he's on an island like, sheesh. <laughs> well, um... Tune in next week for our exciting the, conclusion, next, the conclusion. The riveting conclusion of where maybe. is the plane? Where <laughs> is the captain? I would sure sure where is the captain? We'll have <laughs> to call the opera later. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
5: That's
0: a crazy one. Well, let's totally switch gears. But that is absolutely fanac- fascinating, wild. Um, last week, did a lot of talking about TV. I was inspired to reach into the one of the shows that we discussed last week, ladies and gentlemen. Last night. At midnight, I started the Clone Wars. That's you're stoked, man! I totally
1: thought you were going with Breaking
0: Bad right now. No, I know, I I, know.
1: I knew I had a teaser, but I'm telling you, man, be patient. Get through the first season because the first season's the slowest. But second season on is is all my, you I, don't even I, have to watch the first season if you don't want i gotta tell you i i was I, i'm
0: in i mean i watched two episodes it and, only gets and it's better, a quick man. little story it's only 20 minutes you get it really fast but the animation's really
1: good and it gets dark the stories get great that's what
0: i want i want it to go a little dark i you watched know?
1: one a, a series the other because the first weekend. one's
0: just yoda yeah and he gets in a dare basically can he oh it gets know?
1: way darker the first season's a little iffy but it gets great i i watched a yeah. five part five episode one the other couple days and oh my god
0: so five episodes aired on television and the final 6th season sorry five Five seasons aired on tv and the final season netflix was on netflix and just came out on netflix and all of it is on netflix gotcha and now they put everything on there yeah gotcha so So netflix got the final season of it it did not air on tv did not and it was netflix is really jumping on that coming up because well, they took cause two the, cult shows. Clone Wars was pretty culty, uh, yeah. and Arrested Development was very culty, and they uh, not brought it back. House of Cards was in Netflix exclusive. But and
3: they everything. started that. They did. Yeah, that they paid well, for top to bottom, but basically. They, well, no, they, they bought it from Trigger Street, but. They, were, they were in negotiations yeah. with lots of networks, and. Uh, and Netflix they went with Netflix. Threw them a fat stack of cash and said, come to us, and they were like, okay. They did the same thing with Arrested Development. They were yeah. just like, name your price.
0: It's It's right. awesome. No, I like that. So I'm excited. I'm I'm, I'm really going to stick with it. And there's a lot of episodes, but those short cartoons, and yeah. it's nice to be back in the world of Jedi's. And I'm and it, I just, am a Star Wars you, it man just at gets heart. Better
1: because they like when they get start into the bounty hunters a lot. Yeah, it's, it's
0: and you get a quick it, little adventure. It's what the made adventures. All are of us love
3: Star Wars from mm-hmm. the get go. Yeah. Have you watched those, Dan? I have not. I I had seen a few, you know, years and years ago when they were airing. Yeah, but never in any kind of sequence. I, I, I just like thought you. would no like it because
0: the the animation's really good. It is really cool. Not. Poor, it's it's neat animation. The stories are I good. I love the way it starts, it. very noirish, where they're like.
1: Meanwhile, on you know, it's got that old timey announcer. It's yeah, it's cool.
0: It's pretty. It's pretty cool. I'm in. It's I'm good. In. Yeah, awesome.
2: I've, I've only watched that one episode so far of it, and that has uh, that um got my kids to basically ban me from ever picking TV shows again. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> not because you have it, anti-Star Wars kids. No, it's not anti-Star Wars. But um, at this point, you know, my four year old son, who's all into sonic for some reason like the old oh, sonic sweet, cartoons though. right right yeah so i gotta like, like sonic you know, the hedgehog yeah i gotta pick up like how, an old how sega he, how did
0: he find these on
2: netflix you know they just they cruise netflix and they find some random that's random right. stuff Netflix right? is the new way kids watch tv right. Right? totally yep. like look on and look YouTube. on the uh the netflix favorite list and it's all kids shows it is like it's, yeah. All yeah. Face, uh, it's, it's all the face i'm embarrassed networks. to say it's that that's the number
0: one listened to song on spotify army of freshmen is the theme song that we did for a kid's movie I right it. think about that shit that's fucked up 15 years in the game the five records and literally we do a cheap very quick theme song a for long. a kid show <laughs> that's a minute and a half long mm-hmm. and it ends up on netflix for a year and more people have listened more people have looked for that song for sure than anything that we've done. And Dude, the, the, our second song is the 10,000 years, is. which was, which in, was the, in the movie. Yeah. I mean, fuck, man. It's wild. It's kids. It's little kids, you know? Yeah, I mean,
2: we're all working too hard, really. We should just... Yeah, that's a no, good know. point. <laughs> yeah, my giants was really <laughs> on we need something. Up. Yeah, exactly. You know? like, we need it's, all, on that it's always train. those, those yeah. simple little... Things, People, yeah, you
0: know, all that time recording too. songs at good studios, mm-hmm. great producers, and we go to a buddy's joint on a Thursday night, have mm-hmm. a couple beers, and mm-hmm. that's the most listened to song we've ever. That's thought. when the magic
2: happens. That's it's always for sure. the way these things yeah. work. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: And, but but please go back, Evan. I'm sorry.
2: No, it's fine. Um, so he's all in Sonic, and he's like four years old and stuff like that. So I, I put in Clone Wars because I'm like, oh, this is killer. I yes, can right. And I'm loving it, but then afterwards, the, the, like a couple days go by, and we're, you know, it's after dinner, and I'm, gonna, and that, and we're like gonna pick a, a show, and uh, and I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll pick someone for us to watch, and and Ash was like, no, Daddy, you pick all the scary ones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was scary. Huh? <laughs> so, that, well, that's, that's is, what I like. There was a touch of darkness to totally what I watched. When you said kids, darkness, I thought, yeah, 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 even
1: just the way it looks. I mean, there's some episodes that are all like reds and purples, and there's there's straight up cold blooded murder
0: all over. I, I show. like. And, it's liked, like,
1: and it shows it. I mean, I got to pull out a, a blaster or a bounty hunter and just shoot an innocent I like that the Clone the Wars kind
0: of reinvented Star Wars for, for kids. Yeah. And I know that yeah, the, 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 the prequels did mm-hmm. in a sense, but I almost oh. feel like Clone Wars had more of an impact on another generation, did, like the, the post-prequel yeah, generation. You know? yeah, I,
1: my uh, nephew, is, who's now seven, loves Star Wars, Got into it because of Clone Wars. Mm. Has now gone back and likes the prequels, but the ones that we grew up with, he's like, eh, you know, it's that's cool. they, bizarre. They look
3: weird. That's it well, looks. They
1: di- do. He just thinks they look weird. It looks he's different. Used yeah. to like that digital, but Clone Wars. I remember is his thinking jam. when
0: like, I was a kid, little kid, obsessed. growing up, looking at movies from the '70s and the way they looked. Looked weird to me. I remember thinking, like, this looks weird. It yeah. doesn't look right, you know, because it was that 70s grain, yeah. you know? Oh,
2: yeah, that pops uh, pops something in my brain. Um, we're sitting there watching something on TV, and it's black and white. And, and Ezra, like, turns to me and he's like, why are they? Why are those people black and white? Like, has no concept of what the black and white film means. It's like, uh, you know, yeah. looking at that, thinking that was a black and white world. Crazy.
0: Yeah. That's, that's and so all funny. kids think that. They yeah. think that the world was... Yeah black and white you know yeah
2: but to hear him say it i was like oh that's that's kind of trippy (laughs) dang
1: here let's let's sit down and watch this twilight zone show (laughs) yeah maybe not yet four
2: i guess five he's not
1: ready for fifth
2: birthday marathon twilight zone yeah Yeah. (laughs) ruin him for the rest of his life we're gonna go right
0: into hitchcock (laughs) (laughs) well um yeah so clone wars i'm super stoked on it yeah, that's I'm, awesome. I'm looking forward I'm really, to it. I really, I'm really think I'm going to get sucked into it because too, it's a good thing at night. Like if you're awake, you got like an hour in you, you can knock mm. out three episodes in yeah. one hour versus twenty
1: minutes. I mean, they're to the yeah. point. Yeah, and it's- I
0: started fading towards the third episode, and I was like, "This is okay. I'll just pick it up tomorrow night." It's yep. not like so. I'm really excited about it. I and feel there's like so much
1: Western in it. You're going to get. You're going
0: to. I've hung. been missing my Star Wars. I yeah. really have. It's been a little bit of a void. Like when I was watching it last night, I'm like, I miss this. Mm-hmm. Like, and again, I'm not a hardcore Star Wars fan, but I'm absolutely a star wars fan when i was a little kid i was a maniac about it and it was cool to kind of have it like man these are like brand new adventures like i'm getting a brand new star wars universe like i'm seeing yoda do something i thought like like, like hey i saw six movies i know everything yoda did period ever there's like 120
1: (laughs) of them i mean it's
0: it's good it's cool you're stoked yeah, it's going to be exciting. 120, wow, that's a lot of TV. It's a lot. Yeah. And they look, I was thinking about the animation factor, like, man, so many people must have been working on this show around the clock because it looks good, you Absolutely. Know? A
1: huge. Josie was a huge <clears throat> part of Lucasfilm. I mean, the guy that directed it, who directed the movie, directed the whole show. And he was It's almost it was like they baby. were so
0: smart, they used that as a gap in between these. I'm not saying they did on purpose, yeah. but no, they definitely to, did on to purpose. turn a new generation on via the cartoons yeah. and those kids, when these new movies come out in a year or two, they're going to be of that age where they're, like 14 year olds that want to see line. movies. Yeah, they're going to go to yeah. midnight. They're the the 6 year olds watching Clone Wars now or the or the 8 year old or 10 year olds are going to be the 14 15 year old kids that are just jammed for the new movies.
2: That's already my kids favorite ride, isn't it? Star Tours. It's oh, so, it's it's the best. Yeah, it's, it's so, their favorite the ride. One is so and the great new one's dude. yeah.
0: I I hadn't been on the new one in a long time. I haven't been on the new one.
2: Oh. oh, oh man. dude,
0: I I went when I went out to Florida and met with uh, our friends at beaches and they took me on it and I was like I understand why somebody, because there's different... They were explaining to me that there's different. Um, there's
2: 52 different segments.
0: Yeah, but they're Ow. very. Sometimes the changes are very minor. It's like it's like a pizza. You Still could counts. use this. And they were talking about they had a friend that like went with like a notebook and like did all of them. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, Damn, you'd have to go to you'd have to go have to, to Disneyland go on a whatever. rainy day in like March and just. He but, probably just sat
1: and like asked them like, "Okay, all I need. I have 51 of the 52. I'm just missing this one variant. Can you hook me
0: up, mm-hmm. please? It's great, Dan. It's great. It's great. Mm. It's it's 3D." It's, it's it's one of those rides badass. when it ends you're like please just one more minute it's like a story <laughs> it's and it's because the old star tours was kind of clunky i loved it when i was a kid was when
1: they put that in I mean, yeah dude it is like the 80s man yeah, yeah.
2: and if it was it's awesome along, that too. yeah mm, star wars yeah there's like a uh, a version of the same sort of ride i forget out in um florida at epcot center i think or something like that and um elizabeth Shoe when its journey to the center of Something or other. to the center of Elizabeth's shoes? <laughs> i in. You just, <laughs> just, just, just totally. To, it was like it was,
0: it was in the brain coming, and he just like said it. I was like, oh.
2: but I mean, that's it. it just shows you how arc, how long that ride has been around. It's really a, sort of an archaic sort of thing, Definitely. but but they really revamped it. Well, yeah, and they and
1: they for all the, I mean, they only had that closed for like a year, and they really
0: upped yeah. the game mm-hmm. with
2: that. Yeah, I was there. Uh, I got a, you know, I had an annual pass. So I got, now you're.
0: Dude, you're a Disney freak, right?
2: You like your family are Disney people. Is that fair? So Why you got to be a freak? Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm a Disney freak, but I'm weaning myself off it right now because with four of us right now, the season pass phenomenon um, is probably going to be out of our budget very very soon and they, the
1: season passes they used to be a hundred bucks yeah mm-hmm. they're like three hundred dollars yeah now. like three or four hundred bucks this for is like the, the first lower year version. in yeah. over 10 years that i've not had a season pass right i just i'm like right I, like
2: fuck me i don't think it's possible really to be a disney fanatic if you don't have a season pass like mm-hmm. you know having a season pass takes all the pressure off of every single yeah. visit so you don't go and have that day where you're like I didn't get on, get on everything. I didn't get on shit. You know, yeah. it was too busy, and, and and I just blew my whole wad. And I'm not going back to Disneyland for another two years. Yeah. God damn, I hate this place. No, with season passes, like like uh, my wife was 32 weeks pregnant, and they had just opened up the Pirates of the Caribbean with um uh. with a uh, Jack Sparrow. And we took a drive after work. I got off at like five o'clock and we drove down to Disneyland and everything was only open till like nine to get on that ride in like the last window of time where the doctors wouldn't say, you cannot <laughs> go on this ride. Right. Um, and that was an adventure, uh, and that wouldn't. There's no way that would have been possible without a season pass. Absolutely. You know, the, no way. I wouldn't have been like, yeah, let's let's spend 150 bucks each to go down there for two hours. Yeah. Mm-mm.
1: It's it's beautiful. I've done that too, and done the same thing. Like, oh, hey, we're driving by. Let's go by. Let's
0: go on one ride. Or let's go in and get a cookie. Or what? Just, yeah. just being there because you to can feel just feel that go. Yeah, just I, I went there for um, New Year's, and I really just I I uh, Disney, much like Star Wars is one of those things I forget how amazing it is yeah. until. I Go there, like you'd be like, Hey, you want to go to Disney? And I don't know. And then I'll go, I'm like, God, I'm having such a great time.
2: Like, it, mm-hmm. it really, it really is, is the happiest, happiest place it, on earth, it, it, it is. seriously is. It's it's not, it's it sounds so cliche, but it literally is. And yeah. you can literally, uh, uh, for and me, and they just and you bleed money. You walk
0: in there and like, <laughs> I need ice cream cones and burritos. You and don't beer. have to, I mean,
1: you can do it if you have the season pass, you but can, you don't bleed you know. it with the
0: season pass. But if you just, like you said, go once a year, yeah, yeah. you go there it. and you're just you're man, I need a Mickey Pop, man, I need it. You know, I bought a goddamn Sorcerer's Apprentice hat. (laughs) I mean I'm telling you I had to have it I I, I literally like came out and I was like I need this
2: I call those
1: I call those hats you're never gonna wear again yeah 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 yeah. see the
2: season passers just Put those on and take pictures. Yeah, and yeah, have, yeah, yeah. have like an out. archive of season pictures passes. with every single <laughs> oh, like those, those guys with, those, with the Mickey the Mickey
1: hands. I'm like, when are you ever gonna wear yeah, that again? Like, yeah, yeah. And just it's always like on, the six foot a bit, yeah, that's it. Three three hundred pound like like tattooed tough guy walking around those like you're never gonna wear those in front of your friends, yeah. man. You're just having a, you just got caught up in the moment. And the, and the
0: Mickey ears are are so there's tons now. Back in the day, there oh, was yeah. just there was Mickey ears, and there was a Goofy hat, and that was the end of the road. And there yeah. was a
1: Peter Pan hat too.
2: Okay, I mean, Walt was a was a simpler man than than everybody that's taken over (laughs) his thing. I mean, he just had like you know this is this is what we're doing. We're gonna keep it. (laughs) I think it was hard to have the vision of what it ultimately became. He just
1: wasn't about the marketing. He was about the dream.
2: Yeah, yeah. He wanted you know he just wanted people to have an escape. Um, One thing I I I remember you know because I fought against having a cell phone for years. I I, even my first um, my first cell phone message was, hey, I don't know if you guys ever call me then, but it was, hey, you've reached Evan's electronic leash. I hated the aspect of... Uh, or that the idea that anybody could get a hold of me at any time, but I remember back then when I had my cell phone, Disneyland was one of those places you could go to, and if anybody called you up, you just answer the phone real quick and say, "Hey, I'm at Disneyland. I gotta call you back." Yep. And, and nobody yeah. and, and people were like, "Okay, dude. Go. All right. <laughs> yeah, like you were off the hook for yeah. the rest of the day. Yeah. You didn't have no, no, no like <clears> just like enjoy. Jumbo's clown room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> Jumbo's. I gotta call you back. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. hey, hey.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Right. Right. right.
2: <laughs> Like, Granny's dead, but hey, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Totally, <laughs> totally. I don't want to can't. bum out your Jumbo's trip. <laughs> can't, can't talk titties. You can't.
0: Yeah, There's you don't no out out Disney, you don't bum out Jumbo's Jumbo's is a, a bikini bar in Los Angeles, just so anybody's curious what we're talking about.
1: They take off their bikinis, but they keep the pasties on. Yeah. It's, it's a nipple titty bar. Yeah, mm.
0: And one of the saddest things, we always fucking talk about this guy on the podcast, but he listens, so it's worth it. One of the all-time sad stories <laughs> is we bought... Brought our friend Graham from the band AMFX who was visiting and Graham. I tried was, to show
1: him what an American Titty Bar was like. He all about.
0: was so excited. I mean, we're talking just as anybody would be. Just giddy. Just giddy. And he rolls up and he forgot his ID. <laughs> oh. He didn't have his ID. I mean, if you would have saw, like, like you know that moment where you kind of see somebody die inside? Mm-hmm. Like, literally, like, he just kind of, like, almost crumbled a and little bit. And he sees bit. all
1: his friends going to this, and all he hears is, like, loud rock and roll music, and all these people laughing through mm-hmm. the, through the mm-hmm. door yeah. you can't see inside. And he loves
0: rock and roll and boobs.
1: <laughs> and we all and, disappear in, and then we all come out later with these grins on our yeah. face, smelling like stripper, and he's just like...
0: <laughs> yeah, and you just and he was like, "It's cool, it's cool." And you know that he cried. Mm. You know that he cried because I wanted to
2: cry. I was like, "This." I started sucks. to,
1: and then I turned around. I was like, "Nope, no yeah. tears, no tears here." <laughs> Not
2: evident. Yeah, that's like the first time, first time we ever went on tour, and uh, wh- one of our guys was still underage at the point. At that point, so like most of the places we played, he had to sit outside until we played. Uh, yeah, uh, brutal. You know, terrible. and it was like first time ever on the road.
1: Hey man, there's all this girl who wants to talk. Oh yeah, never mind, never mind. <laughs>
2: I'll send her out at two
3: if
0: she's yep, still I'll, awake. Yeah, she
1: doesn't want to come out because she's got it. She's drinking. And then uh, you uh, imagine just, like in eight
0: <laughs> hours or whatever. Yeah, and, you know, and yeah. just want. And then and the guys are partying. Everyone wants to stay there till it closes. And then the bartender keeps it open an extra thirty minutes. Yep, and yep. guys in the van, all he Hammer. wants to do is go to the hotel. Yeah. and he's bummed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Well, hey, um, Evan, we brought you all the way out here, uh, and we ended up talking about Disneyland, the Malaysian airplane, and Clone Wars, <laughs> Star Wars, uh, which is great stuff to talk about. And no doubt, but um, uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening, Evan, who is here today, he is the lead singer of a band called 8 Stop 7, if you're not familiar with them. Hopefully, you are. Very, very good friends of Army of Freshmen's. We've known Evan for years and years and years, and uh, not to tell Evan's story, but to tell your story, Evan's band, 8 Stop 7, was signed to a very big, major label deal Back in the late 90s when such things as big major label deals existed. And Evan Stahl saw all sides of the music business. Literally, the good, the bad, the ugly. He has been through the ringer. Happy to say, um, from the peaks of having a minor radio hit, almost having that big time rock and roll celebrity status, to losing the label deal, to being an indie band, to watching the music industry fall apart, to salvaging your band, really, because at one point you were almost the last man standing. I mean, things had really fallen apart. It was just, you were holding on to that name, Mm -hmm. and yet here you are. Fifteen, sixteen, seventeen years later, and you guys are still together, still a healthy, active band, and you just went down to play at South by Southwest last right. week. Yeah. So you've seen everything, Evan, in your career, and uh, I don't even know where to begin with what to ask you. But I mean, what was I mean? What was the highest point that you experienced as as a musician?
2: Uh, you know, just playing in front of tons of people like you don't really even you can't even put that into words you you don't even you, you think you know what that's going to feel like un- until until it actually happens and then it's just the most amazing experience to be playing in front of more than fifty people. Like yeah, you know, yeah, like all yeah. of a sudden is a good litmus test, <laughs> too. Yeah, yeah <laughs> right? You know, like fifty to a hundred people, maybe even a couple hundred people if you're at the height of your game in the in the local local scene. But all of a sudden you're playing these stages with bands that you like and there's thousands of
0: people. Um, I always felt like thousand is the weird number for me. Like something about a thousand people feels different. Right. It just, it feels, you know, you can't. Something about that number, you mm-hmm. know. Well,
2: that's a big number.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah a lot sure. fucking that's a lot of people.
2: Well, yeah, and, and you can't really fathom it until you're oh. actually playing in front of those. Yeah. And, and so, but I 100 say, to 300, it's almost like the same ball game, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I would say like the height of our career for sure was we were fortunate enough to be on a label. That put us on a bunch of radio festivals. We just happen to be like when radio festivals were ah uh, the radio were right they were a
1: deal, they they were, were a were deal. deal,
2: right? And uh, and because they were putting
1: money into your single that was on radio. I mean yeah, you yeah. did radio, you did MTV, you did right. a real virtually every deal. major
0: city in the United States had a rock slash alternative rock radio station. This mm-hmm. is back in the late nineties, nineties, and they all would have a, a festival. It yep. would be their festival, and they would bring in a couple bands, one or two big bands, and one or two bands on the way up but they would play the band single on the way up to make their radio fest bigger and bands like yourself would get signed to a major Mm -hmm. and you could literally spend a spring or summer playing radio festivals right yeah like and now there's about two
2: left (laughs) right yeah We, we would be rolling up in a let's say chattanooga tennessee or something and stop off at the local gas station and pick up the current issue of their timeout or whatever it was and full page spread of our band You know, check these guys out at this radio fest. (laughs) uh, Holy shit. (laughs) Um, We did seven radio festivals once in seven days. We were flying to every single one of them. Um, And that's almost famous shit. You feel like I'm fucking famous now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you really don't ever think that that is going to end. You know what I'm saying? Like that, at that point.
1: You feel like if you, you got, you make it
2: there. Yeah that's big, that's bigger than you even dreamed yeah at yep. that point you know that's 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 more action than you ever even imagined you just thought i'm gonna walk into the label and i'm gonna put out a good record and and it's gonna go well but you don't like like go, get into the point where you're playing in front of 10 to twenty five thousand people three times a week is was insane with big bands too with big bands yeah, you know, know. And, we, and we were like like, really? I I have a backstage pass? Yeah, yeah. To, you know, Like, like I, can, I can stand on the <laughs> and side. And you guys were very
0: young, too. This yeah, is not right. an experience that's happened to a 30-year-old. This is an experience that's happened to somebody in their early 20s. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I was the oldest guy in the band um, when we first did our first tour, and I was 24.
0: 24. I was 24 years yeah. old.
2: And it lasted um, about two and a half years where the, you know things were really rolling And you made well. one... Indie record, and then you made one record on
0: a major label right. that got the big push. Yeah. That record is called? In Moderation. In Moderation. Mm-hmm. Easily found. Can one find it on iTunes these days? Yeah, I mean, everywhere. It's, it's, it's basically easily found everywhere except where we're selling stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, and what, what, was, what was the
2: hit song? Because there was a hit song that oh, yeah. our
0: listeners may be familiar with.
2: Yeah, there was, uh, Question Everything was our biggest, biggest hit. Um, it was a ballad. Um, and then, but it uh, was that 90s rock power ballad feel. Yeah,
0: yeah, for sure, for sure. And it's a great song. Thank you. Great, 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 great song. Thank you. Um, it's one of those songs. The first time I ever heard that, it was like, "Fuck, <laughs> that's a good song." You know? Thank you very yeah. much.
2: You know what? One of the one of the coolest uh, one uh, that not to downplay that at all. Yeah. Um. I, I really really appreciate that. But one time we were like rolling into town and we were playing this. You know, we were uh, doing a radio station interview, and uh, and the DJ there said that they had been you know interviewing Dave Matthews the night before, and in the, one of the interims, our song had played. And Dave Matthews said, Man, that's a really good song. Oh, wow, that's great. <laughs> wow. I was like, oh, damn. Okay. They just need to throw go. some fiddle on it. Yeah, yeah. 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 And
0: then, <laughs> then the next Dave Matthews record came yeah. out, like yeah, yeah, yeah. thinking what? about <laughs> everything. The new song by Dave Matthews. <laughs> right,
2: right. Um, <clears throat> our, our other uh, radio, our first radio single was "Satisfied," and, and that, that was, did
0: very well in the Midwest. It was yeah. kind of like a Midwest hard rock kind of jam. Like Evan's band, I, I'm not to classify it, but it very much fell into the sort of the the, the Nickelback scene. Is mm-hmm. that fair to say shine down sure. sort of that sort of hard rock with some melody going like the on the post-grunge
2: right? kind of we thing. were we like, were jump we were definitely we were, we're post-grunge were, yeah and we weren't jumping on that band that bandwagon we were kind of like we were that wasn't a bandwagon what, yeah, yeah we, yeah, we you were, just, were
1: you were steering that yeah like, like we were
2: kind of like at the beginning of the post-grunge yeah. movement or like that but how can you be at the beginning of a post anything? not you but, tell but, me, you know, at yeah, yeah. one time <laughs> that there was some anr
0: guy or some radio guy that basically said i, I believe it was It was 8-stop-7 and Nickelback, and he said... In five years, one of these bands are going to be one of the biggest rock bands in the world, yeah. and he's like, "But unfortunately, it's only going to be one." Right. And then he told me, "And it wasn't us." But to think that somebody was listening to this Nickelback band and listening to Eight Stop Seven, and like, "Yo, we got to pick which one we're rolling with, but yeah. we're going to make one of these bands famous." But you know?
1: Canadians always stealing our jobs. <laughs> yeah. you know, and um, you
0: could have been married to Avril Lavigne you had a million dollars in the bank. Oh, dude,
2: you just like sweetened the deal. Damn, no, um.
1: Uh, no way, I man. Has anybody seen that Aaron's video? Aaron's
2: way cooler. Yeah, yeah, totally, <laughs> totally. Has anybody seen that video with with uh, Avril and and uh, Chad, the singer from Nickelback? It was like a video they did together. No, seen? Nope. it is so
1: creepy. You know what's crazy? <laughs> that's like that's like he looks like the old creepy uncle though. Totally, dude. Like, dude totally. That
2: relationship. And he comes up and he sort of rubs on her and stuff. Oh, maybe. that's so weird. That, re- that, that, re- that weird. Re-
0: that relationship's creepy. Uh-oh. That's yeah. just weird. I mean, like, uh-huh. what did they bond over? Being Canadian? Yeah. I mean, yeah. like, I think that's it. Mm. Yeah. Maple syrup, the <laughs> La Bat blue. That's a I pour really some maple, like syrup maple syrup on maple syrup. you, girl. Yeah. <laughs> um,
2: but yeah, there was a moment. There actually, like I remember. So you were on the verge. Yeah. I mean
0: you were on the verge of. Uh, I remember
2: actually be, be, being but backstage. But this is the
0: old music industry. So for anybody listening, you have to understand it's not like it was now. Unknown bands would get major label, multi-million dollar record deals. There was no indie touring and building your base. This was. Mm-hmm badass demo bidding war i mean you did showcases it was the and thing where if you wrote the or
1: song or songs yeah you got the deal you didn't have to be like well hey man i think that's a hit song but we got to see what you can do before that yeah. was yeah. like do we fucking believe in these songs and it worked and they uh-huh. they were
2: right so you're living the dream yeah there, i mean there was a bit of like yeah i remember when i was 16 or 17 and, and this guy uh tim divine was uh who became the tim DeVine. yeah who became like the head over at Columbia, but at the point when we we met him, he was capital um, and he came in and talked with us at the Bermuda Triangle of all places. If anybody remembers that place, it's where the new movie theater downtown is. Um, but See, you have to understand I mean, we have a bit of an international following here, so oh, okay, I don't think these local... Downtown Ventura. It's in town. Um, <laughs> it, it, if anybody where, remembers where the movie are, theater The is. Bermuda Triangle <laughs> was where that movie theater is now. Um no, uh, so, Tim of comes in and, he's, and he talks with us and stuff, but we were all so green and he said, I want to listen to what you guys are doing, you know? And that was the last we heard of that. So, God, there was man. a bit of a development. Even AR guys, it's like they don't
1: really even exist no. anymore. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Some yeah. of those
1: days of going down to like, you get a call, like, hey, man, I want you come out of the office? I want you to play like your three best songs right now. Like, yeah. whatever you've got
0: recorded, like, right. play,
1: play me the three songs.
0: Or being in a club in here and hearing, like, yo, there's an AR guy here. Yeah, yeah.
2: does that yeah. even happen? Yeah. No. <laughs> Oh, yeah, what are they doing? Yeah, they're now? like,
1: "There's an A guy here. Oh,
0: that's the drunk guy in the corner yeah. trying to figure." That's the guy I mean, out his he resume. Someone else watching <laughs> YouTube on a cell phone right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, A guys would you you'd be wined and dined, and they wouldn't even be interested in you. Be like, "Hey, I got sent to see you. It ain't for me, but hey, come to the restaurant. Well, beers and beers on me." I mean, like, it was such a different money was just flying around. was yeah. coming
1: in too. Yes, yeah, yeah. it,
0: it was definitely a different different world. Now um, you though were an early casualty of the shifting music industry is that fair to say for sure what happened to you guys because because you guys sold some records i mean you had a single on the radio you were not a band that yeah, you, looked like you would be dropped the the you uh, had two down,
1: successful singles
0: downloading hadn't even exploded yet it was yeah. starting but it
2: hadn't it was it, new it was yeah. it was
0: for like the techies it was for the dan clarks yeah sorry
2: well like uh, <laughs> to bring up the band that like not really into again but Nickelback I remember one time we were on Nickelback talk on the old fresh (laughs) (laughs) yeah thanks but um uh they uh we were playing this radio festival with 311 and Incubus and Disturbed and that's all the name dropping I'm gonna do but anyway after the show I'm uh, we're backstage and the singer from Nickelback comes up to me Chad and he's like hey um so, you know, your radio song at, the point, at that point was My would Be Savior, which was our very, very, very first single ever, was charting, like, you know, ours was 29, theirs was 30, then ours was 31, and, you know, it was just, like, kind of back and forth. He's like, we should <coughs> tour together, you know? Um, so there was, we were, yeah, I mean, we were charting, we were successful. We sold 150,000 records in our first year. God. And if you did that now, you'd be rich. Right? Rich. Right? Yeah. Um, but
0: just put that on iTunes yourself and like that first tune chord come in you yes. just start crying.
2: <laughs> you, know? you know, and that's what we yeah, you know, that's literally what I've been chasing for a long time. <laughs> just just half of those people buy our new record. Oh my god, right? But
0: that's oh, a big man. part of your story is the fact that in the old days the label controlled everything. It had your website, it had your mailing list. You guys were just playing shows like it would never end and it wasn't from the indie background if you need to keep and build these people. Yeah. So yeah. when you lost the deal, mm-hmm. one of the big, the big body blows to you was the fact that you lost access to these people. Right. Is that fair to right. say? Yeah. One of the I, big I, s- mistakes
2: in the story. For sure. And, and I mean, internet and things like that weren't, weren't anything like what they are now. And I, I had to, you know, sort of learn that and keep, keep a, a firm grasp on all the new technology and everything like that so I could try and locate. I mean, our fans were everywhere. It wasn't just, you know, trying to, you know, it wasn't just like going on a, on a tri-county tour and, and gathering up all your fans again. Yeah. This is like, how do I... Tell people in Chattanooga, Tennessee, we got a new record out, you know, and things like that. And How do I get to Chattanooga, Tennessee, without a label and an agent? Right, mm-hmm. right, right, and uh, and that just became impossible, especially since like you know there was the, the morale was so low with the band, so I couldn't like go to. Because those- you guys are living. Like, yeah. had paychecks. Yeah. Yeah, it was 800 bucks every two weeks, you know, for, <laughs> right? <laughs> I know, right? Which is sweet. It's man.
1: more money than I made in music in fucking 12 I know, years. I know. I, dude, it was 90s
2: money. Um, I mean, and the, the flip side of all that, of course. I is mean, I,
0: I'd take that lifetime deal right now. If somebody said, you can play music for the rest of your life, yeah. you get eight, 800 bucks every two weeks. I'd be like, well, because we, you never
2: know what opportunity you're going to have to make more money with right. that. No, mm-hmm. and, and, and literally, we thought we were signing up for a lifetime deal that we yeah. thought that was yeah well, that's my life now that's it that will be sweet um i mean the 800 bucks was paid out of what we were going to eventually owe the label you know um man that's a whole different story the math of labels right <laughs> the, the, the 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 it's you know let's say that back then you were selling a cd for 15 bucks most were selling for eight or nine but let's just say you were selling for 15 bucks the label would take their seven dollars the if you sold a record, the distribution company would take their seven bucks and then you would have your if you were lucky dollar, right? And then your dollar would go towards paying back all your expenses. Nothing else from that
1: oh man
2: right but the game was there
0: was almost an open checkbook so even though you were owing every time they cut that check they were still cutting the check and there was
2: bands actually their theory there was a band called Beautiful Creatures and their theory was once we got signed and once we got label money we spend as much of it as possible so they they spend the rest of our career trying to recoup it (laughs) so almost like don't get rid of
0: them if you
3: haven't real quick interjection if you haven't and this is a quick plug for something else but it's totally related there's a guy named rob reed who has a ted talk called the eight billion dollar ipod and it's exactly this topic about the music and the math and the budgeting of the music industry it's amazing I it's called the eight billion dollar ipod it's very funny yeah, all right and it's on ted I'll everybody should watch out. it
2: so yeah anyway so we sold 150,000 records and you know like i said in today's terms that would be incredible um Unheard of, right? I mean, like the, yeah. the, the first week sales back in 1994 for the top selling record, which was NSYNC, was 2.4 million records in one one week i remember that um, i, I think it was 2001 insane. i worked at a music okay. store then okay yeah.
0: 2001 um, biggest biggest record in one week of all time was so that just show something insane, no, strings you know, attached. no strings attached and it was right before downloading Biggest like, reason like downloading it, existed but it was like right before the summer of, hit the tipping point yet. yeah so, so, the so biggest, tipping point was that
2: summer uh-huh. and it, they dropped it right before you know it beat thriller the best example of why I've continued going on is that I don't really have any concept of the difference between 94 and 2001. <laughs> 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 I'm like, oh, we've been doing this for a couple years. Yeah, yeah. You know, It'll eventually pay off. But now, <laughs> but the things first change week so sales quickly, so fast. Yeah. Now yeah. the first week sales
0: is like 20,000. Yeah, like yeah. Cake. Cake is a great band. I love Cake. The fact that Cake had the number one record in the United States is preposterous to think that they're the biggest band in the in the United States is insane mm-hmm. but they came They've out their last base. record came out on a dead week you know mm-hmm. everybody bought it in the first week their fan base bought it next week they were like number like 150 I mean it was that <laughs> dramatic it wasn't like it built it doesn't build anymore you know there is no building I remember
2: Versus uh, Versus uh, by Pearl Jam sold like 990,000 records in their first week too that was their their peak oh. of their career one so, of those was me I bought that week one that's of those cold. is yeah, mm-hmm. two of you know, those everybody me bought that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right so so selling 150,000 records we thought wow that's that's pretty good but um this is the story that we, that, we, that we were told anyway by the label, and, and there's evidence that it was happening. Um, AOL and Time Warner were merging, and AOL uh, promised Time Warner that any band that hadn't sold a million records in that previous year, if Time Warner let them go, AOL would pay back all expenses accrued by that band if they let them go. So everybody was getting dropped. I mean, like Van Halen lost their publishing deal, of course, got signed back after the merger agreement came through. But there was like just casualty after casualty after casualty. It was casualty. the beginning of the end. Yeah, right? It was the beginning of the end. And AOL, like now, AOL, and that AOL Time Warner merger is taught in business schools as one of the worst business deals in the <laughs> world
0: ever. <laughs> been. Because the value of music literally in in a few years would be deroted, whatever, derided, deroted, eroded eroded yeah let me look that up I don't know derided yeah. you said derided <laughs> um, but just I mean everything was so different so yeah. so there you are you're one of the first casualties right what you thought was gonna last forever doesn't and it was a real difficult time for you guys
2: right sure yeah I don't even really have any concept of how many years we were all depressed yeah. you know um, I mean we're talking real depression yeah. like you just literally had your dream taken from you I
0: right
1: but I, that's that's so fucked I mean that's like that's like you go in that tornado and you land in Oz and that door opens up and you step out and you're like, this is fucking crazy. And, and then, then rise, the tornado picks you back the up. And then tornado picks
0: you back up. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> right, right, right. I kind of feel I feel like for us when we had Oz experiences, we always knew that we were going back to the black. Because yeah, we that only that ever level. got a yeah, glimpse. Ever. We
1: never got like... Yeah that we never like here's you're like the, see that over here's there here's the keys yeah. to the car you're never kid getting go that. drive yeah. we just be like you can hop in the car yeah. and ride along it's so like hey you're
0: allowed to come to Oz there yeah. too. day or two. This is Evan. He lives there. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, we were never. And then we go back to black and white, and all of a sudden, a few years later, the door opens (laughs) and it's Evan walking. I don't live there anymore. (laughs) I had to sell my house. (laughs) Hey, hey guys, why is there a mortgage sign on uh, Evan's dream? (laughs) This goddamn witch came.
2: Mortgage sign on my dream.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Chad Um, Kroger lives in my crib now.
2: (laughs) Chad Kroger, Lincoln park and, and to name a other <laughs> to name some fuse um so th- basically you're suddenly you're an indie
0: artist when it wasn't necessarily cool to be an indie artist where it was almost like you had a, a stigma you were dropped
1: yeah 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 and that you still know? meant something then i mean that's when like for other labels probably i mean that's when you were because for crier, then it started right?
0: to be if you got dropped all the indies came and were picking you up but this right. was before it was like yeah you had your shot kid
2: yeah we i mean we had a couple opportunities that could have possibly panned out most of the time we were you know it was like you walk in the room and they're like well this band got dropped for a reason they didn't know what it was Mm -hmm. but they must have gotten dropped for a reason so we're not even going to consider it but there was a couple uh moments like uh the manager i don't know if you remember the 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 management company the firm Mm -hmm. um but this one of the guys that was at reprise records i thought
3: that was just a porn sorry (laughs) (laughs) um
2: one of the guys that was at reprise records and and the firm was managing like corn and limp biscuit and all those bands back then you know when uh, I guess when they were still huge, and anyway, um, Deftones, I think, was on the. You know, there was just a bunch of bands mm-hmm. that we that we were into that were like on this thing, and and uh, he was now a manager for that, and I had this meeting to go meet with him, that I found out about through our manager, and this is where things get really weird, and I don't, you know, it's like all convoluted mess, but I show up to this meeting, and it's obvious that the guy from the firm was not expecting me to show up with our other manager. And he's a little bit miffed by that, and I'm like, well, I my other manager is how I found out about this meeting, but like he wanted to like take us over and pull us in, you. and and had we not at that point been tied to this seven year production, thirty percent off the top contract that we were tied to, with the guy that was probably the main reason why we got such good exposure in the beginning and got walked into the label and all that kind of stuff, but you know, it, he was like an awesome this contract that we signed with this production guy out in Camryo was an awesome idea in the beginning and it got us through so many doors but when the doors were starting to close that was the worst thing to have on our side Mm -hmm. it was absolutely the worst thing to have was this guy latching on to you know and and, I'm talking I'm talking with some people who are like uh, there was this one A and R guy who was talking about, yeah, this guy showed up at my place and he's recording his record and he's eating carrots and peas out of the back of his truck. I mean, that's like how how little the budgets were, like you know, shrinking on this whole thing. And they're going like, okay, our our budget is shrinking, and thirty percent of that right off the top is going to go to this guy. Yeah, yeah, we, we can't. So afford you're saying this basically
0: man. you were. Had uh, a management deal that was structured around being on a big label, For sure. so the management deal didn't go away. So when it's time to go indie, this yep. guy's still sucking as yeah. if yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. And I spent. I spent a long time after that like that was my crusade after that for years to get out of that contract Mm -hmm. and you know I mean we we thought about bankruptcy and all those kinds of things that we could have possibly done so
0: really I mean what becomes a dream in many ways turned into a nightmare for you everything that was great now was an albatross a lockdown management deal being a dumped major label band I mean how depressed did you get I mean like like, what was the rock bottom point for you Uh, was it when everybody when you woke up one day and literally no one was in the band anymore because didn't you do a tour with like
2: yeah 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 yeah. but you know i'm i'm way too stubborn <laughs> you know to 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 really have have been like you know the, i'm so depressed i'm not going to keep going forward um but it was dark there was like moments where like you know just you know, waking up in the middle of the night going like i don't why am i still what am I doing? You know, like you know, what is what does music even mean to me anymore? You know, I, my band is gone, and what am I chasing at this point? And I think at that point, it just became evidently clear to me again that I was chasing music. You know, for, for just for the sake of music. When and, you have
1: that bug, you. There's yeah you know, know and, you and, and do, and do, and I knew bad. and
2: I knew that nothing was ever going to deter me from continuing on um and and we did do a tour where there was a, a it was our last two month tour we were spending the very last bit of money because we had been bought out of our contract to the label, not just dropped but bought out they they paid like one hundred and thirty five <laughs> to, to get rid of to get rid of us right so we we were on our on our last uh you know fifty grand and we used that for a two month tour sponsored by uh one of the Pepsi companies or something like that and most of the shows were really really good like most of the shows were they were all club dates but they were you know there was a few packed houses and things like that for us um but that at that point the band was uh me and the drummer and everybody else was not original members aaron johnson who had been with us ever since the record was done and had been touring with us, but he wasn't actually on any record with us. He was on in the band with us, but the guitarist from his other band, Secret Cafe Steve Giroux, was in was in the band with us playing, um, and and that's because people had to leave and they had to get real jobs and they couldn't
0: tour, or didn't want to tour, like yeah. it was over for them.
2: Yeah, people started falling off like flies. Like you know, um, is that is that even so? The everybody's right right going to just
1: cope differently too. There's right. going to be people like right. you know.
2: Um, Heartbreak. Right. So, and and then the week before we left for the tour, um, Adam, our drummer, broke his hand in a pool. Oh. <laughs> so, so, so then, then there you happen. are. What?
0: What? What? <laughs> one year. You a year prior, you're on a major label uh-huh, deal, uh-huh. and now
2: you're on a small club tour uh-huh. with a bunch of fill-ins. Absolutely, with yeah. one guy that had to learn all the songs in a week, um, <laughs> and he was really good. This guy named Mike Hansen. But that's so, pretty low, right? Yeah. Um. I, and our drummer. Who I, I think maybe Adam was probably the the lowest of all of us at that mm. point because he was tour managing that tour. <laughs> oh God, yeah. God!
0: Two years ago, he's opening up on yeah, major radio yeah. festivals, yeah, and now yeah. he's tour managing a bunch of dudes With that a broken are broken hand. Yeah,
2: right, right. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. You know, you just reach a point when you go, "What am I really doing this for?" And what so, I'm- when did
0: you get the love of it back? What 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 happened? Because you did, I mean. That's the low point, but take us to where you are now, because a lot of things changed. I mean, you guys hunkered down. I mean, what what occurred? How did you get the guys back? How did you make that last record that you just came out with, which is potentially your best record? Thank you very much. Um,
2: thank you. That that means a lot. Uh, but years. It's it feels like years went by where I was struggling with um, the management contract that we had. Mm-hmm. I there was even one point and. Where I agreed to sing for another band he was managing if he released us from our contract. Jesus. With wow. Like that, that, that's, that I, and I brought in this l- l- humongous contract that I had written myself, where it's like, you know, just cut, clean, dry everything.
1: I was vision of it's like like in like handwritten. Yeah, like like, like, I, <laughs> like wanted, I, blood. I
2: like like prick his finger with blood <laughs> yeah, and yeah. there it is, you know, and and his soul comes out of his body. You know? <laughs> it's
1: like Ursula yeah. and the Little Mermaid. Right, right, right.
2: He, he turns into stone and breaks <laughs> off like <laughs> ash and that was it like I broke his power. <laughs> Um, that took years, though. That took years of of sort of debating. And and yeah, I at even... this point,
0: you're just playing locally, the occasional bar show, yeah. the occasional solo show. Yeah. I mean, were you I... writing new music at this whole
1: point, or were you just trying to figure out where even to go from there? Because uh... I feel I don't. I feel like you guys weren't playing new songs, and then you had a whole new record.
0: Yeah, well, I, I remember, remember years where it was just. Yeah, they're sort of together, right. you know. Like you would uh, pop up and play a bar show once every six months,
2: right? And that would be that would be like in the years after we were getting dropped. We were still doing demos at this little studio out in in, in uh, Studio City called C Sound, and a lot of those demos became the mastered works that became Bend. Okay. Um, Which was the
0: third indie
2: record. The third indie record, and I released that record on my own, not having any idea Mm. if Warner or anybody else like that was going to come at me because I didn't know how tied we were to them. Mm -hmm. But I didn't release that record until after my manager had signed his – name and blood mm. letting us go. Well, I and I that, like, that was
0: very much like a, it's that record to me was almost like a, a if I mean to, I don't mean to say it felt like a demo but it felt like a demo. It didn't sure. feel like an eight stop seven full I work.
2: Think, I no and, and 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 had it been like a record we probably would have picked 10 off that maybe 9 yeah. and recorded a couple others things like that but for me putting out that 15 song CD was redemption for me. That was like I'm putting this fucking out so no matter what anybody says. Nobody's owning this shit. I'm going to put it out there because I feel like our fans are still out there and they're still waiting. Hmm. And we sold like a couple hundred copies, I mean, online. And, and I was doing the whole mailing you know, thing, like mailing them out for my – So but, was
1: that sort of the beginning of the rebirth? Was like putting that out basically like you felt probably, absolved and back?
2: Like, probably. Okay. Yeah, that, that's probably the first time where I felt like I can I can be in control of this again.
0: But the sad part of that story is – from 150,000 records yeah. to a couple hundred. Yeah. Like what was taken from you, yeah. or what But again, you had,
1: you had no way to get in touch with those people. You had no years way Years had to... gone by, yeah.
2: years had gone by. Like it was six years between in moderation and mm-hmm. when Ben was released. And, and now the internet's huge. Now yeah.
0: there's mailing lists and Facebooks and MySpaces, mm-hmm. and you're just late to that party. People yeah. thought you disappeared. Yeah, I, I bet That you... wouldn't happen now. That, no. that would not happen now. If no. you made a bunch of fans on a major label now, You would keep the vast majority of them because people don't really give a fuck what label you're on anymore. What
2: label you're on, or what time period you're in. But if you're a band
1: now, you're probably not going to make those fans in the first. (laughs) You're not going to get one hundred and fifty thousand fans on a major major label, right? Um, Um,
0: And hence the goddamn catch twenty-two of the industry. Now you get fans, you can really keep them engaged, and they don't care. They don't need the status of a label or whatever, but. Good luck finding those fucking people now, yep. you know.
2: Yeah. And you know, every time we go out and we do something, every time we, you know, put out a track or we get just, you know, a handful of people from all over the country or even the world who are like, "Oh my god, you guys are still around I had no idea mm-hmm. but you know so and that was and like
0: technically you never ever broke up never even if at it's up. lowest when it was like hi we're 8 Stop 7 and it was you with an acoustic and you knew all the guys weren't in the band you kept that name going you kept it around yet people still didn't know Not a, no, no clue.
2: yeah like <laughs> and, and like you said had it been but that six, was, this
1: was still pre social networks yeah, with this yeah
2: had it been like five years after that yeah, we probably would have been able to grab a, at least like you know 5,000 maybe 10,000 people out
0: more out. than that I mean had I believe for you guys in your career and being able to follow it so closely I really feel had you just the minute you got dropped you just followed up immediately on came out on an indie with a second record you probably would have moved 50, 75,000 records those channels
1: would have existed
0: that's
6: <laughs> 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 you know my time. lowest point depression. It's <laughs> now, motherfucker. <laughs> it's now. I never but, thought about but, it that way.
0: <laughs> but with that said, with that said, yeah, that's the middle period. You guys, you the band reevolves. You get some of the guys back in the band. You start playing more, and then you make your last, most recent record, yep. Fables. Yep. Which I think is a tremendous record. I think I really do, do say I think it's one of the best when I say local records, but from a band from the area, it's one of the hands down best records that a band from this area has put out in, in quite a long time. I mean, I mean, it's a great record, and I would I would suggest to anybody listening if you do like straight ahead driving rock, hard rock, alternative rock, you, you got to get your hands on this record, Fables,
3: yeah. and even if you don't, get it anyway.
0: Yeah, yeah, we are. Yeah, just Jesus, listen to this story. Just help a brother out. You know,
2: <laughs> I'm just hanging out in the corner down here. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, that means that means a lot. That seriously means a lot. And I think for me, the best thing about this record is that we stopped. We stopped trying to apologize for what we are. Mm-hmm. You know, we literally just went into this putting out a record that we, that's eight stop seven. Like Mm -hmm. we weren't trying to chase anything. We weren't doing it for anybody really other than just us, you know, like, and wanting people to hear it and things like that, but putting out music that meant something to us didn't, with no preconceived notion of trying to hold on to anything Mm -hmm. or trying to grab anything, you know, just like, this is it. This is, this is the record. Um, and it was a really freeing experience for me, for sure.
0: Um, and then you guys went to South by Southwest yeah. shortly after the record came out, and it was almost—I I, was—I was lucky enough to be there and, and saw you guys and be with you, and th- it was almost a rebirth of the band. I mean, you—you yeah. you guys went down there and you kicked. Ass. I mean, you played multiple shows. You played a ton of shows, mm-hmm. but one or two of those shows. I mean, there were people there that had been wanting to see you. There were people that didn't know you that were loving you. It it it, it was a real special thing to see the original lineup. Yeah, and, I, and you know. I would I would
2: say that that was probably the first moment when I felt re- refreshed and renewed again was when. Everybody. Like the moment that Alex, our bass, our original bass player, came back into the band and started playing with us again, that it felt right again. It was like literally up to that point, it just felt like, all right, we're we're doing this because we all love music and and we're just trying to, you know, we still have some songs that we really like to play and things like that, but it didn't feel intact, it didn't feel right, never felt whole until he came back. And he's left since then, and that hasn't gone away. Hmm. I just think that that moment when he was ready to come back signified that we had arrived as musicians again to Mm. back to the point where we were you know yeah just in our own mindset
0: um it's a real tremendous story in terms of just doing it because you love it and and not giving up because multiple times in your career and your life it would have been very easy to hang up eight stop seven mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. did a ton it wouldn't have been a disappointment right but you guys really stayed in the trenches and everything's changed but here you are you're still doing it you just got back from south by southwest i mean you just yeah. played down there how
2: was that uh killer um just super short and super quick uh, we left four thirty in the morning on thursday piled into a minivan with five of us two of our guys are really big by the way um like just you know like football player sized dudes uh our, our new base player Corey is, like 6 foot 5 and um Holy shit yeah so so cramming all of us into a minivan with our uh our headstocks um and you know small little yeah god bags. bless the 15 passing man right right <laughs> minivan
0: touring and 15 passing are two different games yeah man. two We're totally like
2: like when we were touring big time through the radio festivals in our little 15 passy, we were looking at all the tour buses going. Like, oh man, of course. Oh, there's yeah. always a bigger fish. <laughs> right,
1: right.
0: That's the
2: game, dude. Right. When, we a our, when we were fish. in
1: our mini, we would look at 15 passies. Yeah. And- I remember we'd pop our head occasionally and just be like, <laughs> yes. "Look at how far back it goes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Four benches. <laughs> look at there's they have a,
0: they have leg room. Yeah. We could kind. all have a bench. Awesome. We could all have a bench.
2: Awesome. Um, but, yeah, so we rolled out in the minivan. We left at 4.30 in the morning on Thursday, and we got back. And keep in
0: mind, this is this
2: Thursday. This Yeah, this past yeah. Thursday. We got back Sunday night at uh, 10 o'clock. And we played wow, it. that's a whirlwind. Yeah, Holy and we played a show, shit. and we stayed one night in a hotel. Mm. So, like, the rest of the time was just driving. Mm. And um, Did you guys get to rage, though,
0: the night you played? Did you get to have a fun time?
2: Yeah. Because that town
0: hits hard. It's very, it hits very so hard. hard. Let's and, talk about something about South by Southwest, which I'm sure everybody's aware of. Yeah. but. Um, Murder? Drunk driver. Yeah, right. right. Down the main strip, down Red River, night one. Yeah. Hits 20 plus people, kills kills, two. Guy died in the hospital. Third guy died now, yeah. Killed three. They're hitting him with capital punishment. They want to give him the fucking chair because they still got that shit out there, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, California too. Yeah. Um,
2: They don't want it's going to happen. Now you weren't there yet. He's going to get the death penalty.
0: Was there a somber mood? Did you feel as if something really horrible? Because that was extreme, man. I mean, I watched yeah. that shit and it was extreme.
1: I'm sure that the next day it was like, spring break! Yeah, <laughs>
2: no, like literally, and I don't, I like I remember thinking, I, I felt a little weird about it that, that, that it wasn't. Yeah. But no, there was no somber mood. It was more like we're, we're not going to let this sort of no. ruin what we're trying to make happen here. Well,
0: South by Southwest from when Army Freshmen played it, we played it. Twice, I yeah, believe. Yes. Um, I played it twice. Um, and it was rocking and it was awesome and it was killer and it was crowded. But when I went two years ago with Evan as C8 stops, I was stunned. I mean, it felt more like Mardi Gras. Than a music festival because now I don't think people go there to get signed. I don't think they go there to have AR guys find them. Even that last year we went, man, was it, was intense. it was starting. Yeah, it was starting, but now it is like it is armed to armed, packed streets. I mean, major, the biggest artists in the world go there now. The days of that being a small festival to be discovered are over. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Um, and, we're and now, it, it, now. Co- it, co- it coincides with goddamn St. Patrick's Day, too. Where it's off by a oh. day or two. I mean, they had St. Patrick's Day in South by Southwest together three years ago. You would have thought. I mean, it was. It, I, it felt like Mardi Gras. You know? Yeah.
2: Um. I. I yeah. You know, I wish I had like a humongous success story for us going out there. Either there was a couple hundred people at the show, which is which is. If you're if you're in South by Southwest, most people only stick around for like one or two songs. Yeah, yeah. And move yeah. On to the next, next. Were
0: you at the Texas Rock Fest yeah. we again? We were doing
2: the Texas Rock. The Fest outdoor again. Stage, The outdoor stage, same corner stage. Uh, we, we went on at eight o'clock on a Saturday night, okay. and and yeah, it was a, it was a great time great slot. slot. People were receptive. Um, for me, the the biggest the biggest plus of the whole thing is that again four or five fans that hadn't heard from us in 10 years mm-hmm. show up with their 8 Stop 7 t-shirts mm-hmm. you know and they're just so stoked to see us there and it just you know, it just reminds us that we have to show up at people's doorsteps every mm-hmm. once in a while you know that's it's
0: the hardest thing that I deal with personally with our band and yeah. the thing that keeps me up at night sometimes is yeah. as much as I desperately want to go out there and you get the random email or Facebook message or Twitter like when are you going to come so and so and it's just yeah. like people don't understand that that's almost a near impossibility for multiple reasons. You know what I mean? But it's like, you don't understand what it would take to get, people off work to get a vehicle to get the gas to get the time to drive to Wichita, Kansas to probably play for you not to play for a bunch <laughs> of people to play for you like right, right. oh well that's a $10,000 trip you know what I mean like yeah. and it's like you'd do it you'd do it if you could have you had know? some
1: good times in Wichita yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you
0: know? I, I almost watched you fist fight your current best friend in the world in Wichita yeah. it's
1: true mm. I did I, I punched him and then I almost got murdered
0: yeah <laughs> i got i got saved that night oh john marley oh yeah i don't
2: know how much people actually really expect you to show up like the week after they get on your facebook and say come play here yeah yeah i think that they're just they're just trying to let us know that they're still out there and things and i you know i want all of them to know that in a heartbeat if i had a couple hundred bucks i could spend to get out there or a thousand or 1500 to go play Yeah, you go rocket. Yeah. There's
1: nothing I would rather do. <laughs> yeah, there's absolutely
2: nothing. And you know, we're talking like this is not a leisure trip. You know, this is yeah. like this this trip that we just did, we spent more time cramped into a minivan than any of the time we spent hanging out at the festival or even playing. That's and, not what it always and, is. and 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 yeah. you know, and and both times back. It's not like but there's fun in that. There's absolutely I fun. Mean, it's, it's you're out there with your bros, you're or Whoever. Hopefully you're bros. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, and you're in the, like the quote unquote trenches for musicians a bit. And there's those moments in the middle of the night when you just look around at everybody in, in the van with you and you go, we're fucking doing this together. Yeah. Yeah. And that means the world to me that you guys are willing to be here with me at this moment, at this shitty ass yeah. moment. Right it's now. like, like being on tour is like, like kick-ass war.
0: Yeah. It's like, you know, right. where it's just like, man, like I'm kind of like, sometimes you're fatigued and fucked up and you need somebody else to pull you out of the zone. And right. sometimes it's awesome. And right. I mean, we've mentioned it before but Brendan Brown from Weedis, one of my all-time favorite quotes. He's like, "What people don't understand about touring is you could die." Yeah. Yeah. You know, and he said, no not didn't smile. He's like, "You people don't understand you could die." Right. He was like, "Things happen every day that someone could die." Not just the obvious
1: like car wrecks, but yeah. just all oh, sort I mean,
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, so you're I, just I, in the elements. Right. And I I've, I've been saying this for a while in in many many different venues and things, but you know, like When you're planning the budget and the time for a tour or something like this, you're not – it's not the same as, like, planning a trip to Hawaii or a a leisure trip to Aspen or something like that. Like, this is, like, can we possibly do this? It's not like, you know – a, a trip where you're planning with your family and like oh, I've I've earned this vacation things like that. It's just like we have to go out there and do this, and it's not going to be completely leisure time the entire time. It's going to be fun. It's going to be worth it.
0: And a lot of times you don't have a lot of time to prep for it, yeah, like totally. you would a family trip
6: or right. something like but that. But it's not yeah. a it's
2: not a vacation per no, se. Man. Like it's work. Like if you it's have a day job, if, if yeah. you have a day job, you're off your day job, and and there's moments during the day when you're like in the van, cramped in there, and you're like, well, let's, this is my <laughs> ship leisure beats working. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> but but then still, like, what what would really be working but at when that moment? You, you know? know, but
0: it's just those little moments when you're in that van, sure. and everybody cracks a cold beer, and yeah. you start telling stories, and you're just like, this rules, totally you know? Rules.
2: Totally rules. Yeah. Um, and even the moments, like, I remember, I can look back on some moments <laughs> in the van when, like, you know, things weren't, you know. So many things were going through my head, and I'm like, I don't know what's happening. Is this going to go right? How's the show going? I'm nervous. I'm whatever like that. Even those moments when you're like just thinking and alone with your thoughts, that is something I miss too about mm-hmm. being on a
1: absolutely road. you know under the desert there's
0: just nothing around yeah like
2: and you're kind of you know, like you're a little bit anxious about certain things and you, you have that, that sort of you know what it is you're alive yeah and yeah. good
0: bad or ugly when you're on tour you're really experiencing a yeah. lot of highs you're tired you're more tired than you Memos, would be on a yeah. normal day yeah. but when you're dirtier, fucking having you're fun swirder. you're having more fun than you'd have on a normal day and when you're dirtier you're dirtier yeah. like everything is it's extreme amplified. I mean you don't have two beers you have seven mm-hmm. You yeah. know, just because it's just here, just everything is intense. Yeah, know? rest stops are even yeah. amazing. God, like, God forbid we ever go back to England. Fucking Dan and Kai's uh, app is just gonna blow <laughs> up. Having a something, having a something, having a something. Like Kai, Pong's that's, that's thirty smoking. seconds from the last having a something. Like don't yep. judge me. At yeah. forty two beers last night. Man, now Come that you, now you guys are beer snobs, you'll be going to those bars trying all these weird English ales. I was gonna be a beer snob, J yeah. Man. Yeah. You just <laughs> drank something that no one's ever drank before. Like oh, Except like you, Kai, just descends into the heaven. <laughs>
1: Except for that we come from a country with significantly better beers.
0: Yeah, that's true. But, you know. but literally, like, I do you you like know, a Tetleys though. The, the world and of and fandom, a seventeen seventy six.
2: I mean, the world yeah. of fandom out there needs to know that they're, they're, you know, the revenue doesn't just come from nowhere, you know. And if they want, like, if they literally want their favorite bands to come out and see them play, then they got to. There's got to be some sort of give and take there. There has to be, unless. Their favorite band is Filthy Rich. Yeah. yeah and, you know, yeah. and can just go Which, anywhere, you know.
1: It doesn't happen unless you're, unless
3: you're Madonna. You know, yeah, Madonna. The food well party. not it's even
2: like... that. If you're if you're like Filthy Rich before you start oh, the yeah. music, then doors are open for you and you're yeah. like, you know, oh, this one person wants me to play out in Kansas. We will be there tomorrow. because yeah. yeah. I got nothing else I need to spend my money on. You
0: did a diatribe recently online. We'll post it for people to read on a, a music website, but you talked about how rock and roll was becoming something for rich kids. Yeah. What yeah. what did you mean by that?
2: I just meant like most of the stories that I hear right now about successful bands coming up, and I'm not going to name any names or anything like that. But most of the stories, and I still have links and ties to people in the industry and stuff that are like you know managing these bands and things like that. Most of those bands are coming into this this realm right now with like 150,000 bucks in their pocket for promotion. You know, they just like they come in like I got a hundred. 150- but you're
0: saying there bringing
2: it. Yeah, yeah, before anything. Before even the record, no, nothing. Like, yeah. Or maybe they've got a record they did on their own, things like that, and they're like, I got 150000 bucks that I want to put into promotion. You guys get me out there. And like, and, uh, you know, I have managers that have gotten their bands out there.
0: Oh, and the, the buy-ons are back, man. The buy-ons oh, are right. back. They're back
2: with yeah. a vengeance. Yeah. Yeah. Right, and I'm not saying that like every band that has money is terrible. Mo- a lot of the bands are really, really good. But what I'm saying is it's going to lock out, you know, like you're not going to have bands, bands like our bands that are willing to stay together for 10 to 16 years with like little small victories here and there sort of like fueling our fires and things It's just not going to like, it's not going to be a lot of bands that come from nothing that are willing to throw it all into it for for a long long time you're not going to have like and do those minivan like even even those- yeah even bob dylan has come out saying like if the music industry was what it is now back when i was starting out there's no way i would have kept it up there's no way i would have broken in it's just you know he like, imagine bob dylan's <laughs> voice
0: rolling into an a and r meeting doing right. his thing in this day and age like right. you're ugly you can't sing.
1: No, they would have just auto tune the shit out of him. Yeah, they would have made it sound like he could sing. Yeah,
2: yeah, but you know, so you know, and what I'm the, saying de- like, like, the development. Kid. I it's mean, you know,
3: s- class well. warfare has finally come to music, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah and, and, and
2: so, so basically, we just end up in a in a in a system where the only bands that are going to be accessible to everybody, meaning. You like a band. You want to see them play in your hometown, things like that. The only bands that are going to be like that are the bands that come from money from somewhere true. else. You know, Where from you call up money. an agent
0: and say, hey, yeah. we made this record. My dad's got $100,000 he's putting into my band. Mm-hmm. We've got $25,000 to buy on. Yeah. And the agent's going to pick you up because he's got a band. Yeah, that would gladly take that twenty five thousand dollars. Because that band's not making money either. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. exactly. Uh, I, I mean, I, we are going to put out another record. We're already starting to write and things like that. And then the re- next record that we do is probably going to cost us like fifteen to twenty thousand dollars out of our own money because we do them right. You know, even in, even in today's world, yeah. records are cheaper to do, but. So it's not five hundred thousand dollars, but if you want a good-sounding record where it's mastered properly, mixed properly, all those things, you're looking fifteen, twenty, maybe even thirty thousand dollars out of your own pocket. We're gonna do another pledge campaign, things like that. Our last pledge campaign was very, very successful. Yes, but we still haven't paid back that first record, even after record sales. You know, like if we were a band that had money then the, our next record would probably be already recording right now. we would probably already be in the studio. But at this point right now, we have to think about, we've got songs, but where are we going to get the money to go into the studio and do it? Mm-hmm. You know, and, that, and that sort of timing thing becomes a factor, and that may be why the next record doesn't come out until three years from now. It's not because the songs aren't done. It's not because the recording's not started, but it's because it took us forever it's to funding. raise the money. And because and because there's no there's no give and take you know coming up you know back and forth between us and our fans and I get it you know music is free why the fuck would you pay for yeah. it you With, know like yeah. they're, they're, you're like really why would you well the reason why is because you want that band to be able to show up at your doorstep and play for you yeah that's why or make the music not because that you want them not to make. because not because like you know
1: or even to let them just keep making music yeah right
2: not because <laughs> we're bands out there and like you know if, if you don't buy my CD for ten bucks, I'm never gonna do another fucking record again. Fuck you all, you know? No. We just really want the freedom to, to do the things for our fans and, and go out there and 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 feed what we're doing in the so right way, you know? Clearly you're moving into a
0: situation where you need to do an extreme act to get people on board to follow you. So when will you release you the whereabouts of the Malaysian
2: 777 <laughs> <laughs> oh man awesome you, you were waiting on that one
0: <laughs> well Tie Evan in. Evan, um, it's really good to have you here and thank you for spending yeah, some time so with much us coming you're by, the man. type of guy that I could and we could talk to forever and I really mean that like you're welcome here you're welcome on Fresh Talk anytime <laughs> oh, um, yeah we're here every Tuesday <laughs> but um, we, we would uh, would you like to kind of um, send us out tonight with a song and how you you will be the first ever ever live musical performance on Fresh Talk? Would you do a solo tune? And, and if so, what would you like to do? We don't want to force you. You want to do some brand new fresh stuff. I know there's some Evan solo stuff. Do you want to give them an eight stops hit? What, what, what would you like to give the kids?
2: Oh, man, I, I just, I want to do something that I think I can do well. And and the, and the reason why I say that is because- Well, I, we'll see you next weekend. <laughs> 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 um, I don't know. Like, If there's literally a song you guys want me to, to play, nope. I, I will do it. This is it your man. whatever yeah. you want.
0: You got it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is Chris uh, here at Fresh Talk. Hi. Dan. And Evan. And uh, we are happy to have Evan with us here today. Uh, Thank you, as always, for listening. Be sure to check us out online. I'm on Twitter, at Army of Freshmen.
1: I'm at Obi Wan Kenobi.
3: At Spoony DX.
0: Yeah, and also got a bone to pick with all you people that can't spell. Fifteen years in the game. Our band name is Army of Freshmen. Men. Happened to search Army of Fresh Man the other day on Twitter. Found about fucking twenty people that tried to hit me up <laughs> that I never saw. So awesome. Hey, um, you know, yes, we. You know, let me answer all the questions that people asked the Army of Freshmen. Um, basically, Man. it was a bunch of kids in Japanese, I couldn't understand it. So Uh we'll translate son. (laughs) A lot of work.
1: It's cut and paste. Copy and paste, my
0: man. But anyway, guys, thank you so much for uh listening. We'll be back next week. We are on iTunes. You can subscribe please do do. and most importantly evan tell 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 everyone where they can find you find eight stop seven find your music because we can't endorse this band enough as friends you're like family to us where where can they go to find out about you
2: uh first and foremost you want to go to eight stops com. that's eight s-t-o-p-s com. two are numbers right yeah yeah eight uh they're numbers on either side um that long and length, lengthy explanation of our name may be the reason why we never got huge. <laughs> <laughs> we have the same problem. Um But uh, 8stop7.com is is first and foremost. And from there, you can link to our Facebook, to our MySpace, to our Pure Volume, to our Reverb Nation, (laughs) to- Dan just squirmed when you said MySpace. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I know. Hey, MySpace is dead. I haven't been on there myself to update anything since (laughs) I-
0: (laughs) Yeah, right. I went there the other day just for shits and giggles. It's bizarre now. It's all weird. And they they just changed everybody's stuff. It's not like the old MySpace.
2: (laughs) Yeah, but you know- We should all start
1: banned Tinder profiles-
2: band tinder yeah what's that you no know, um like actually just, like for the whole band
1: yeah just the whole band like army of freshmen like <laughs> swipe right we, we uh we do
2: have it we do have a, we, we do have a band, band camp J-Man. um a band camp site as, as well bandcamp.com slash eight stop seven and i'm kind of digging there it's a very simple sort of you know fan to music what the calamity use for the new record yeah, like, yeah so. it's it's it really cuts, so it cuts away a lot of the sort of you know useless fat about the whole thing and then just like you like this music this is where you can get it there's a little blurb about what we're doing it's one page it's really simple yep. i like it so you could go there too um but basically just you know google eight stop seven uh, the first five spots um are going to be the best websites you discover ever um
0: cool (laughs) well thanks for being here Evan good luck with everything and uh, I believe you're going to send us out with a song thanks everybody for listening and enjoy this first ever live Fresh Talk acoustic performance Evan Sulagoff from 8 Stop 7 Mm -hmm. first and last
2: ever acoustic performance (laughs) (laughs) take it away Evan
6: There was a child who bore a babe T'was she alone, could keep her safe One Monday morning, the child was gone T'was assume the babe was with her mom But she never spoke a word T'was not a stranger in a bed This baby in her crib. She worked nights and left her in his care. Like child, like babe, a deepest fear, but she never spoke a word. She sang for the daughter dying, at all For the daughter dying, at all She Never spoke a word. She never spoke a word. They found that babe beneath a tree, with duct tape in her hair and teeth. It was murder in the first degree. 30 nights beneath that tree but she never spoke a word she sang father tell them oh. father tell them oh. she never spoke a word she never spoke a child to bore a she alone to keep her sane. The verdict spare the child alive And walk that truth into the night But she never spoke a word She sang Father, and died Oh down the diet She never spoke